The NPL is back for another season, and welcome to the Brisbane Football Review NPL Queensland Season Preview. It's James, Scott and Adam here with you, and well guys, after a marathon 2019 season, and what feels like an endless off-season, we're back once again for Season 2020. We are, I have to say, there was a time about mid-November, early December, I thought, yeah, I could go for an NPL game. Look, the off it is a long season to cover, it, and you do need a break at the end of it, but we're definitely ready to go now. Definitely, Adam. Yeah, look, uh, it was a long season, but it was a memorable season. Yeah. I think, yeah, a memorable grand final. And yeah, look, it, hallelujah, it's back. And look, I think it could even be better than it was last year. And that's that's saying something, because it was a good season. It definitely was. Now, for those of you who might be listening to us for the first time, uh, we should run through a, a few quick plugs. Uh, you can find us on uh, social media, Facebook, The Raw Review. Uh, we're still trying to change that to Brisbane Football Review. It's a long story with Mr Zuckerberg. For all the non-Raw fans, we will be changing that. We'll we are definitely working. be changing that. We are working on it, but it's a long negotiation period. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at BNE Football. Now, that's on those accounts. Uh, we will be doing live uh, Match of the Round coverage pretty much every weekend, I think. Absolutely. And Very that well. will mo- be done mostly with the legwork by you two as well. I should give credit where it's due. Yes, well, you'll be calling some of these games for Football Queensland, so it makes it difficult. Yes, definitely. Well, that was my next uh, port of call. So if you like the sound of my voice, you will be hearing me on a few Football Queensland broadcasts. I did a few FQPL and NPLW games, as well as uh, co-hosting the grand final broadcast with Simon Smell pre-post and uh, halftime. And boy, what a fun night that was. That was a great final, wasn't yeah. it? You think that's the most recent memory we all have of the NPL Queensland. And it was a terrific game. I mean, those top four sides were the standouts last year and Gold Coast Knights and Olympic put on a terrific display in the grand final and it could have gone either way in fantasy as well. It was a terrific game. Definitely. And it was the great wall of Carrara that wound up coming through in the end. It was a 2-1 victory and well, some of the players have gone on to bigger and better things including the grand final hero, Oscar Dillon. Yeah, there's a couple of three players out of that starting 11 who are gone. Two two are now part of A-League setup, so it's an interesting situation for them about how they cover for that. Definitely. All right, so just to run you through what we're going to do over the next hour and a half, hour 45, yes, we know it's a long podcast, but there's a lot of teams to cover. Now, we're going to try and um, cover every NPL team in some detail as well, run through what we know, what we're looking for, and maybe what our expectations are for the season. We've also been able to grab interviews with pretty much every NPL club at this point. We're still trying to line up those last few as we're recording anyway on... January 21st, so I think this is about 10 days before we'll be releasing it, there or thereabouts. But um, yeah, we're very pleased that you're choosing to join us, and hopefully this can educate you a little bit more on what's going on around the southeast Queensland football scene, because it's honestly a lot of fun. That's all I'm going to say. It is, and uh, yeah, look, uh, it's also a lot of fun as a neutral as well, but we don't have much... A different covering Brisbane Raw is that you know we still have some allegiance, but you know being a neutral in the NCMPL is so much fun. And as I said, I just can't wait till it starts. And we should say right from the outset, a huge thanks to Football Queensland and each individual club yeah. for their cooperation with us uh, last season and going forward for this season as well. It obviously wouldn't be possible without them letting us into their inner sanctums and uh, giving us the access to 
let us put out this product. I think that's why also why it's a lot of fun is because you know the, the clubs are so generous in you know allowing us access you know to players, their coaches, and just their facilities as well. So look, uh, and we hope to repay the favour with you know some great coverage. So we really we really do appreciate the access the clubs give us because it's fantastic. Coach interviews after games, all everything they do do for us is fantastic. We really appreciate it and. We really can't wait to get started. Definitely. Well, what do you say we get started right now? So our first bunch of teams that we're going to preview are the sides that finished in the top four. So uh, we're going to step away for a minute and go right to the interviews. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, we were actually going to open up with an interview from Gray Pittick from Gold Coast Knights, but unfortunately, as is the case sometimes with technology, it doesn't really cooperate. So apologies to that. Uh, we do appreciate the time that Gray gave us and uh, wish him the best for the season, but we're just going to have to keep going. So here's Darren Syme from Lions. We're joined now by Darren Syme, the coach of Lions. Darren, thanks for joining me. Thank you. No problem. We're talking just after we're in the Foundation Cup here against Sunshine Coast Lions. What did you make of your side performance? Um... Uh, it was uh, yeah, it was an interesting performance. I think um, we got a little bit rattled. I think you know we uh, th- they certainly came out of the blocks firing and they were, they were quite physical. Uh, I just so said to the boys that it's you know it's certainly important that we get back to basics as well sometime before we actually can can do and do what we want and and play the way we want. You know you, you've still got to match it and win that battle initially and earn the right to be able to play the way we want to play. So um, once once we kind of uh, weathered that, I think we, we certainly got into the game and, and controlled large parts of it. I think it was apart from the period, there's about a 10 minute period uh, in which they got that penalty. Yeah. Um, I think you know they, they, they started to create a couple of things, but once we weathered that, I think, um, you know, and I think we kind of uh, started to play the we wanted to play and uh, and got the results. So, do you think it puts you in good stead ahead of the season starting next week? Yeah, we've been building. We, we, we had a longer off season. It was a big year last year for the boys, so we we made the decision to kind of delay pre-season. So we've worked them hard, um, quite intensively, but in a shorter period of time. So I still don't think we've got the best out of them just yet. But certainly going into the season, we're we're feeling very confident. Yeah. Uh, stepping up into the shoes of Warren Moon, how are you finding that so far? Yeah, I, you know, I've, uh, we, I was heavily involved last year with, with Warren uh, as, as the assistant, but yeah, I'm really enjoying the process. Obviously, as an assistant, you're removed from certain decisions, but uh, yeah, I, I just really enjoy, you know, the yeah, like the process, the the ins and outs of being the, being the head coach. It's uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, would you say just find there's the biggest difference so far stepping up from assistant to the head coaching position? Oh, it's it's the wheeling and dealing, I suppose. It's it's trying to make sure that we lock down the players that we want and and look at players that we think can add value to the squad. Um, chasing goalkeepers, you know, and we're looking for a twenties goalkeeper as well. So if you know anyone, um, it's um, yeah, it's but it's fun. It, it's it, it's fun. It's um, it's nice to see that side of it and. Keeps, keeps you on your toes. So. Okay, any goalkeepers listening to this, hit up Lions. <laughs> you have put in a couple of players in the front third, Zach Maltby, Jordan Freeney. What are you looking for from those guys in the front third? Just a continuation of, of the, the, you know, the foundations that 
boys before them have, yeah, have done. Yep, sorry. Um, and obviously, puts you know, bang the goals away. So it was nice to see them both get on the on the score sheet tonight. You know, they um, they've come in, and I have to say they've been they've been magnificent. They've been doing everything we've asked of them. Um, so you know, we're we're really excited about what they're going to produce this yep. season. So you have lost a couple of good players in the front, though, including Mac Matt Lake Goldberg for a couple of years ago. Do you feel like the players you brought in can adequately replace those? Replace those goals is good. Uh, I hope so. That, that was why they, you know, they were brought in. Um, but it's 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 more than that as well. It's you know we we have a high expectations on our front three, obviously to score goals, but work really hard for us defensively. And Zach's been amazing. Uh, Jordan's obviously suspended, he missed a couple of games, uh, so he's got a little bit of work to do. But you know the signs are really really positive. Um, and yeah, like I said, we're looking forward to see what they can produce. Round one at home to Mont Bay, and all of a sudden the new coach, Royce Brownlee. Have you seen much of them in the preseason? Uh, actually, I shot over today to Rochdale just to, to check things out before our game. Um, you know, there's some familiar faces in there that uh, can do some damage, there's no doubt. So, uh, we, we've got a game plan, um, we've been preparing for the last couple of weeks for the game. Um, I think, you know. Every team that Roy's coaches is a difficult team to break down, and uh, I'm not expecting anything different next week. Absolutely. Now, a couple of questions we're asking everyone throughout this up. Who would you say, apart from the Lions, have inside to watch in 2020? Um, uh, there's the, the obvious, the, the big hitters. You know, Gold Coast Knights are, have recruited well. Um, they, they're obviously really uh, buoyed by last season, and, and they're looking to go one extra. You know, Olympic, or, uh, again, they've gone for a younger team, so that's exciting for them. It's going to be, you know, for me, we're looking forward to playing hard games week in, week out. Um, and I think this year, right across the league, I think it's a stronger league than last year. I think it's going to be difficult yeah, to, to, Sorry. Yeah, to, to pick a winner or to pick who's going to stand out because I think everyone's the bar's risen and everyone's kind of stepping up, so it's, it's exciting. So it does look a stronger league. Who would you say in your squad would be one of the younger players to keep an eye out for fans turning up to watch the games every week? Oh, um, I would say we've got a fairly young squad anyway, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, oh, everyone knows the abilities of, of Henry Hoare and Danny Kim and, and the likes. Uh, we have got a couple of young boys that they went out and played tonight. Uh, they came off the bench, the uh, 16 year old, and he held his own out there. He looked to, to enjoy it. So, you know, there are certainly a couple of young boys in the 20s that are going to push through. Um, but we're, you know, we're, we're looking for that, um, the same standard as last year from everyone, really. Our final question is um, what are the expectations of the Lions this year in 2020? So, two years in a row, you've won the Premier's Plate, the grand mm. final two years ago. In the national final series, two years in a row into the final where you fell just short. Mm. Is, is it trying to replicate that once again? Or go a step further? Well, certainly when we sat down on our culture day, it was mentioned by the playing group. Well, they set their own goals. Yeah. Uh, they've set those goals the last few years. Um, it's not up to me to decide yeah. what, what our goals are. As, as a playing group, it's up to them, and they be marked absolutely. You know, they want to win the league. They they want to win the grand final. They want to 
go as far as they can in the FFA Cup. They want to qualify for the NPSO. It's 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 no different for us. Um, and, and the pressure, there's no pressure from me. There's no pressure from the club. The boys put the pressure on themselves. They they they're a very driven bunch. So you know. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for talking to us, and good luck for the season. Appreciate the time. Thank you. We're joined now on the season three by the coach of Olympic Ben Carpenter. Thanks for talking to us once again. No problem. Happy to see you again. As always, that first question, how was your off-season? Uh, looks, uh, it's a strange time in the off-season. It's almost busier than the uh, the season itself because you're, you're trying to, you know, you're chasing players up and trying to re-sign players and sign new players and, um, you know, put put all the uh, all the groundwork in so when we come back in, uh, everything's right. So, yeah, it's a busy time, but yeah, happy to be back in the routine and having the players in. You mentioned a busy off-season. It was a busy season for you last year. Made it to the grand final, mm. FFA Cup round 16, and you were doing your coaching pro license. How did you find that? Yeah, it was a busy year actually. Um, you know, the the uh, the further you go in the cup, the more difficult the schedule becomes. But that's where we always want to be, and that's where everyone wants to be. So no complaints about that. And the, the pro license was uh, something I really wanted to do and needed to get out of the way. Um, I've said to a couple of people recently. You know, the, the players and the team probably suffered a bit. I think I missed about seven weeks in total throughout the season. Uh, you know, that, that that probably caught up with us in the end, but the, the players did really well anyway to, to get us to uh, where we got to. Factoring all that in, how do you think the season went as a whole last year if you reflect back on the 2019 season? Yeah, look, I think I think the season was a success. I mean, it depends where your markers are. Obviously, we're, we're ambitious and, and we wanted, uh, you know, we wanted to go better than we did last year. So, uh, you know, falling short in the grand final uh, again was was uh, a big disappointment. Uh, but we went one round further in the FFA Cup and we were really happy with the performance we gave against Adelaide. Uh, you know, we, we, we definitely feel like uh, we, we could have beaten them on another day and, and we, we represented ourselves really well. I'm sorry I asked you this question last year. I wish I didn't have to ask you again. Are you going to try and use the grand final defeat as a bit of motivation to go one better this year? Uh, look, it's not something necessarily that we, we say or talk about, but you can feel it. You know, the boys that have been here um, in the last two years, you can feel the hunger and the determination to, um, you know, to, to try and you know, try and go one better and finally get that elusive grand final this year. A um, couple of new players in, a lot of young players as well, Daniel Leck for one, Tom Alton another. Is that a kind of emphasis for you this year, bringing through some younger players who've maybe been away from the NFL Queens in a couple of years? Yeah, look, we've we've gone for um, a slightly younger and, and hungrier squad. Uh, it's very competitive. Uh, obviously, losing you know losing Chris Lucas and Alex Smith, uh, big holes to fill for us. Yep. Um, but we've we've tried to. I don't think you can just bring a player in that replaces either of those. Yeah. Uh, but what we've tried to do is is bring in players that have got a point to prove, uh, that have you know high potential. And we we've certainly seen early in pre-season that there's uh, the team actually looks like it's functioning really well, and there's a lot of players there that look like they're capable of filling those gaps. You mentioned the loss of Chris Luke and Alex Smith. I was about to ask you about how you replace mm. those players. You've kind of mentioned that, but you're looking for some other players in the squad from last year to step up and fill that void, the likes of Jez Lofthouse. Costa Saros, players like that to step up and have a bigger role this year? Yeah, so look, between between Smithy and Chris, I think they scored 59 goals. Um, and it's not just the goals, it's the it's the assists and the runs and the, the knowledge of, of the game and the experience they bring. So, uh, you know, as I said, you can't just, you can't just 
you know, replace them with, with two players. Um, it's very difficult, very expensive to find people that can fill those holes. So, um, you know, we've tried to look at creative ways to, to do that. But I've got no doubts that, you know, your Daniel Lex and uh, Yinka Kahinde and, and people like that will, will certainly go a long way to adding to Costa Saros and, and Jez Lofthouse and Shelford Days to try and fill those holes. And uh, we think with the, the way that we've prepared, um, you know, we'll, um, we'll, the, the, the way we're looking to play this year might allow more people to chip in on, on the goals and assists than just, just the two we had last year. We've seen you mix it up a lot during the season in terms of mixing up formations, between players around different positions. Are you looking to do something similar this year as well? Keep teams guessing? Um, we, look, we've, we've got a clear plan of how we want to play. We certainly, um, you know, we've, we've made some good progress in pre-season and the players, players seem very clear on... Uh, on on the game model, but uh, you know we, you know we def we, we analyse every opponent uh, in a lot of detail, and we make sure that we adjust uh, you know to to hopefully eliminate their threats, but also to you know to expose the gaps that, that all teams will have. Absolutely. Now you've got three of out of four at home to start the season, starting off with Gold Coast. You know, is that a good a good platform for you to get a couple of wins at home under your belt, set up a good season? Yeah, look, it's always always nice to be at home. Um, you know, we, we always get a good support. Uh, the Gold Coast game will be a big event, the season launch, and we'll have a really good crowd. And we know that, um, you know, our crowd definitely definitely help give us an advantage and you know, very noisy all game long. Um, but look, it's a tough game. You know, they're 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 a good side, and they've they've made some interesting signings. So. Um, not quite sure what to expect from them in terms of lineup and playing style at this stage, but we, um, you know, it's a, you know we know we're in for a game, and, and then the uh, uh, the other two home games in that first four game run uh, are difficult as well. Mm-hmm. East is a local derby, and they've they've recruited really well in the off season, and and then uh, Peninsula home in round four, which is which is a massive game, and, and we have nights away leading into that. So, yes. yeah, we we. Um, Last year we had a run of games that was against um, slightly lower ranked teams, so we knew we had to be a bit further ahead in pre-season this year because we got four, you know, four big games to open the season. You mentioned Knights in round two. Is that, is that a game you've got like bookmarked? So, to really looking forward to that match? No, no. Look, all the focus is on the next opponent, uh, as as it will be through the season. I mean, obviously we've got an eye on the. Um, you know the the knights and the power games in round three and four, but they mean nothing if we if we if we don't get the job done against Gold Coast United and against these. So uh, there's there's no looking too far ahead in in the league. You know we just focus on the next game. Absolutely. Now a couple of quick questions to wrap up. We're asking everybody. Who would you say would be the team to watch in the NPL this year apart from yourselves? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, Question. I mean, it's hard hard to look past um, you know the the big three. You know, you got Peninsula Knights and Lions, and they um, you know they they invest really well. They 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 back their team. They've all got great facilities, good models, business models. Um, you know, they're big clubs, so um, you know all, all got good uh, technical structures in place as well. Good coaches, so. You know, I, I think I think those are the three teams, and then obviously strikers did well at the back end of last season. And you know, Owen's a really good coach, and and he um, he's made some intelligent signings. So I think that you know that they'll be the four other than ourselves to watch out for. And uh, but I think um, you know, unlike unlike the previous couple of years, I think that every game this year is a game. I, I don't really see a weak side in the competition at this stage. Uh, maybe maybe someone will emerge as a 
as struggling, you know, a little bit behind everybody else. But at this stage, I think that you look round at the signings and the squads and the coaches and the ambition of the clubs, and you know, I think I think it's really good for the competition. But every game's a game. Absolutely. Um, for people who might not be familiar with your squad, who would you say is a player to watch out there for people coming along to Goodwood Park in 2020? Um, uh, look, it's a, that's a difficult question for, for, for me to answer, but you know, if, if people like you know flair and exciting football and players that look to take the game on, you can't look past Jez Lofthouse. But you know, Steve White's now a really mature and intelligent footballer with, with great technical ability who can control the game with his with his left foot. Uh, so you know, we've got those two. But obviously, Daniel Lett comes in with with big expectations. Having I think he's played 15 A League games. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think I think we, there's there's three or four others that you know we know from the inside that are at that level as well. Absolutely. Now, final question: What are all the expectations for Olympic? I assume it's to go one better than the last couple of years and get that get over the line in the grand final. Yeah, look, we um, yeah, not afraid to say that we, you know we start the season. You know, the the, the aim is to to win everything. Um, you know, we, we want to win the, the premiership. We want to win the grand final. Um, you know, between you know the Queensland clubs have showed in the FFA Cup that we can go a long way. Um, Strikers got to the semi-final. We know that our performance against Adelaide on another day we would have beaten them. So there's absolutely no reason that we uh, you know we can't say that we want to win the FFA Cup as well. Absolutely. Well, best of luck with all that season. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, no, thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. And that was our first batch of interviews, and thanks once again to those who participated in that. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, last season's champions, Gold Coast Knights. Finished the season second on the ladder and then won the grand final. And their coach, Gray Piddick, very astute tactician for the most part. I think he set his side up really well to capitalise on the experience that he had with the likes of Matt Smith and whatnot to get that back line going. And also uh, Mitch Nichols controlling the midfield. Yeah, great. Gray Pittick is one of the most experienced coaches in the NPL and also one of the most successfully won the league, won the premiership with uh, Gold Coast City back in the day a couple of years ago, and he did a terrific job at the Knights this last year as well. Definitely. All right, we've got uh, two big ins, Adam, that we're going to get you to talk about now. Jason McQuasse, uh, formerly of Lions, and Paul O'Brien from Heidelberg. Yeah, look, uh, Jason McQuasse moves from uh, Lions FC. Uh, and while Paul O'Brien, um, he spent some time down in NPL Victoria for you know for heavyweight club Hoddleberg, but also as well best known up here as part of that uh, champ, that grand final winning uh, Redland United side from a couple of years back. So he will be uh, a good experience, you know, a good experience, Joe, to add to that collection down at uh, Knights. And also scored the winning goal for Redland United against Adelaide United in the FFA Cup yes, a couple of years did. ago as well. So. A name well familiar around Brisbane football circles. And maybe those guys might be able to replace some of the departures. Obviously, Sam Smith, the big uh, name that's gone, he's actually just gone a little bit further south to Gold Coast United, which sets up a fantastic derby in round two, I believe. It's round two at Coplex down there at Talabudger. Oh, that's going to be fun. And then you've also seen uh, Josh Langdon and Oscar Dillon both move on to A-League sides. Uh, Langdon's gone to Perth Glory and Oscar Dillon to Western United. He made his first start on the weekend, Dillon. He did. He did really well as well. Definitely. And then also Shannon Brady to Brisbane City. So yeah. there, I know at least uh, Brisbane City's fan base has grown by one. Well, that's true. On the actual on-field element of this, Gold Coast Knights had a, an abundance of talent in the wide areas last year. So, And in the front, in particular. So to see a couple go, I don't think it's too much of a surprise. And I, w- I actually do think that Paul O'Brien could be a big in for them on the left-hand side in the front third. I think he'll probably probably play there. So I, think that's a, I don't think they're going to miss much in terms of players going out, I think they've replaced them really well. 
assuming you know, at the time of recording that the likes of Matt Smith, Jaden Walker, uh, Jaden Prasad, and I'm trying to think of the four... Nick Panetta. Nick Panetta, yep. The four, four uh, former Raw boys. As long as they're all back Matthew there... Matthew Schmidt as well, there's another one. Yeah, and they, 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 they've all... Um, if they've, they, they've got the wider areas covered. So I think, you know, Shannon Brady, at the end of the day, I think, you know, that's probably a good move for him, and we'll talk about later when we talk about Brisbane City. But, but yeah, look, as a whole, that core is still there, and look, they, they're they're going to be in it for a long way. Yeah, definitely. And I think if nothing else, if they've got that same sort of leadership, they'll know how to they'll know how to uh, control games. Like they weren't the highest scoring side, but they were one of the stingiest last year. Yeah, look, I think uh, the un- the only question would be look, how how do they replace um, you know to Oscar Dillon to partner Matt Smith, you know, in that. In that uh, centre back row, that might be the only chink in the armour. But other than that, look, they they look very very um, strong. Well, we keep hearing there's plenty of talent uh, available on the Gold Coast, so we'll have to uh, wait and see where the moves come it's through. It's a good question though about how do they cover Oscar Dillon because he was yeah. we talked about in our NPL season recap last year. He was the player of the final series for all of us. He was brilliant. He's done really well to get the move to the A League with Western United. It's a good question. How do they cover that? They've got a couple of options, but it's just, they're not. Yeah. Oscar Dillon was so good last year, it'd be a difficult one to fill. I know Matt Smith's come in towards the back end of the year and he can probably work with anybody in that back line and make it a formidable back line, but who this, who's going to partner him is a big question. Definitely. Um, we should clarify as well, we're getting these transfers from the Football Queensland website as well. They've got a full breakdown of who's gone where. So, yeah, once again, check out Football Queensland uh, website for that transfer centre that they've got running there. Uh, now, we're going to move on. Lions FC, probably the most successful side over the last two years as a whole. Uh, they were the Premiers last season, lost the semi-final to Olympic in a like back-and-forth nail-biting arm wrestle and did uh, make the NPL National Final where they went down to Wollongong. They've got a new coach this season, uh, Darren Sam, replacing Warren Moon, who is now with the Brisbane Roar Academy. Yeah, that's the big question around, around the line to see. How does Darren Syme step up from being the assistant to being now the head coach? We've seen it work recently. I'll go with other examples. Think of... Um, Kevin Musk did it exceptionally well down at Melbourne Victory. Steve Corrick is doing it really well at the moment for Sydney FC. But we've seen examples as well where it, had, where it does not necessarily work. Look, that's going to be the big question because the talent in that side is still there. It's still a very stable squad. One or two players in, one or two players out. But if as provided the coach... Not, not that he's a bad coach, but provided that the standards don't drop after Warren Moon's departure, they're going to be right up there again because that is... If I, it's one and one A for me between who's got the most talented squad between them and them and Gold Coast Knights. I'll back Darren Syme here to yeah, at least try and absolutely. maintain a pretty solid level at Lions. Maybe it's not exactly the same as Warren Moon. I'm sure he's going to try and put his own stamp on the squad, uh, but I don't see him disrupting too much. And from what I remember about watching uh, Lions last season. It was a very active bench. It wasn't just a case of Warren Moon standing there going, do this, do that, do this, do that. His assistants were heavily involved as well. Yeah, look, I think, I think that's probably the, the only obvious question is the, you know, if Darren Syme can step up and continue to guide this uh, this uh, this club, look, they're gonna, like I said, they're going to be uh, right in it as far as the, you know, at the business end of the season. I think of, of the... Um, of the ends, Jordan Farina comes across from East and Zach Maltby from Striker. So obviously they are, you know, retooling as far as their uh, attacking goes. But they're, but they're, they're much vaunted back four are back, um, and it's, it's, as much as their defence as well. So, so yeah, look, I, I unless something disastrous happens, you know, down at Richlands, yeah. look, I, you, you cannot write them off, you know, at all. 
Yeah, the stingiest back four in the league. They don't concede many goals. I think the midfield is probably the most balanced in the league. You think about Danny Kim, Sean Carlos, Mitch Hall. That's a really balanced midfield. And the front third is interesting to me. I mean, I'll just, it's interesting in the sense, look, they're really good players. Joe Duckworth, Henry Hoare, and Jordan Freeman probably start. The, the question I have is, who plays on the left? Because Jordan Freeman has spent most of his time either up front for East or out on the right. Henry Hall, when he came back from Perth, played almost exclusively on the right. On the right. So that's my only... Not that, they, not that either of them cannot play on the left. Of course they can. It's just... Who is going to move to the left-hand side to accommodate the other? If Zach they Malby might switch up, a lot as well. If Zach Mopey steps up, there's your obvious That's a good choice opportunity there. Well. Um, yeah, but look, you're, you're right. But uh, again, look, it's embarrassment riches for them. They've got plenty of strike power. And even more importantly, they've got a brick wall of a defence. So, look, lines are going to be strong, strong as ever. And it does, I suppose, offset some of those uh, notable outs as well. You've got Keegan Yelichich going to the Raw Youth, which is a big get for them. Marek Mardley going to Peninsula Power. Jason McQuarrie, as we mentioned, to Gold Coast Knights. And Chris Hatfield's down to NPL Victoria. Yeah, Hatfield didn't quite work out at Lions SC after a terrific year for some, for um, Southwest Queensland Thunder. I do think the I do think the um, squad is more than capable of covering those losses. I think Yelichich, as good as a player he is, going to be for the young Raw and maybe in the A League. You never know. He was really only a bit part player for them in terms of starting a couple of games, coming off the bench. They weren't looking to him to be the X Factor impact player that you see him. Probably will see him be at the Raw. He was a, not a, he was wasn't a squad player. But he was a, he's still young. He's yeah, developing. he was a young player and he was in the side, but he was. They weren't relying upon him. Is the best way to say it. So I do think they've be able to cover these departures really well. All right. Well, let's move on now to Peninsula Power, uh, third place in the season and lost the semi-final to Gold Coast Knights. Um, they brought in, as we mentioned, Marek Mudley, uh, Hayden McHenry uh, to Brisbane City, and Cameron Crestani from, in from Western Pride. Uh, and some of the outs, you've got Alex uh, Warrilow gone to Palabar, Matt Heath to Moreton Bay, and Dean Briggs to England. And do we want to count Andy Pengelly as an out? Because I would. Yeah, I think... I Technically, think it, is. It, is, it is. An, it's it was an, an in and an out. An, and an out, so he should probably appear on both lists. Look, um, let's not forget, Pen, Pen Power was 15 out of 15. Star season, and then they started getting injuries, especially their back line, and it sort of fell in a heap as well. Lions got the better of them, uh, Olympic, and so did Gold Coast Knights. With the signing of Cameron Cristani and Hayden McHenry, that does address those problems if they if they stay healthy. Um, it was also as well, you know, the established players there, uh, Jimmy Fairgreave and uh, Christian Shevsky, both like those four. And I think even um, they might have a couple of other players in that in that sort of... So they, they're building from the back. I think that's the important thing. I think the big question is Dean Briggs, who was probably their standout player at the back end of the season, scoring goals for fun, basically. He's gone. How do they replace him? And, you know, does Marek Madley be the one to replace those goals? Yeah, we know how they tried to replace him with Madley and Pengeli. And if, if Madley is motivated and informed, ready to go, he can absolutely be the man to score all the goals. Because we saw... For Lions FC two years ago, he was he was the man. He was I think Golden Boot winner that year. So he was yep. he's more than capable of scoring the goals. I think they've addressed their biggest weaknesses. They they needed a goal scorer up front, particularly to replace Dean Briggs. But the, the back line was they had so many injuries back there last year. So your point, and they had to bring in a couple of players. Yeah. And look, Hayden McHenry and Cameron Cristani are two really good young defenders. I think I think it really shores up that side. I think also Cristani's a leader as well. Every team you see him play in. He's always talking, always one of the most vocal players. I think he's a leader. I think that really does help them at the back as well. I think that they've solved a lot of their issues, and the midfield's as strong as ever. We know they've got terrific players in there. They've now got a goal scorer at the front and a, a more solid back line. I think it might be... They might, I don't know if they'll go 15 for 15 again. 
the start of the year, I wouldn't bet on it, but I think they're going to be another have another really, really strong season. And also, I think they're going to have an eye on the FFA Cup as well. I think so as well. I think the side's built for that. But also, I think the, the fortunes of Penitential Power also rise on how well Sam Cron goes this season, if they yeah. keep him fit. Because, you know, when he is fit and firing, they're, they're almost a softball power, like the way they play the game. So if he if he's up and about, again, we I keep on saying for these top three, these uh, top couple of clubs, they are also going to be in well contention, and it may come down to the lottery of you know injury and whatnot that could be the downturn. Yep, definitely. I I think it's just going to I think the big addition there is going to be Mudley as well because he does give them that big body up front that yeah. if all else fails they can just send it into him and he can either hold it up for a player coming through or blast it in himself. Absolutely. Look, Brenton Fox did pretty well for them in terms of his overall contribution but the goals weren't quite there. I think that's why they did go for Pengeli and Madley. Just to get, look, they needed more goals as well. I think that was a big part of it but I do think Madley, if he does fire for them, that could be he could get them in the top four on his own. Just just quickly, uh, I know Brenton Fox, I think he probably had an underwhelming season compared to the season Only in the sense of goals. For Morton Bay, yes. But I, I think I think if he goes back out to being a traditional winger, bombing it into a you know, a striker like Madley, I think you know, you'd see the best of Madley, but I think Brenton Fox as well on that wing. I think you'll see you know, the, the Brenton Fox two years ago. So, look, I think there's a lot of pluses for uh, Peninsula Power. Definitely. That's a side that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing in person early on in the year and see how they come out of the blocks. Uh, Move on to the final team in this uh, first part of the show. Um, Olympic FC uh, finished fourth, lost the grand final to Gold Coast Knights and made the FFA Cup round of 16 to Adelaide. Ben Khan, who I think is one of, if not the most talented coach in the entire NPL Queensland and one that, forgive me for saying this, might be in contention for a professional job in the A-League coming up soon maybe I definitely think that's certainly his ambition he did spend the last 12 months doing his professional coaching license in South Korea so he was flying in and out throughout the whole season so you think about Olympic though how strong they were throughout the season to be able to do that when your coach is flying in and out to do his professional coaching license that's only that speaks testament to him and his coaching ability and that of his team that they I definitely think he has at least that has one eye on an on a on a professional coaching job, either in in the A-League or maybe overseas somewhere in Southeast Asia. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he wants to do after this NPL season, because I do think he'll want to finish the job Finish the done. job he's done for the last two years, but have come so close. I think he might want to do that and then then try his luck in a professional game. And it does, and it does, I suppose, behoove him to put his best foot forward now, because this year is probably going to be a job audition for him, for or a resume booster or something. And with the run that they've had, they're really should get a trophy. Like, they've been one of the most fun sides to watch. This is this is probably... Um, they're getting in that window now where they, they probably need to do something. Because um, that squad could wind up getting picked apart in the next year or two. It could, and, uh, and like I said, the big, the big losses, I think, here, and I think this is... Uh, the big losses are being Alex Smith, who's retired, and also Chris Lucas has gone to... Uh, NPL Victoria. Dandenong, Dandenong City, he's joined down there in NPL Victoria. I think it was one of them. Um, yeah, look, you know, I think this season also boils down to, I think it'll be, if the youngsters, if the youngsters, you know, step up, and I, when I say youngsters, you know, a guy like a Jez Lofthouse, I think this is, this is his season. He, if, if he, if we, if he's ever going to be the player that we hope that he'd be, and we've seen for years develop, this is the time for him, because, you know, no, no Smith, no Lucas, he has to be the man. And if, if he, if he steps up, Look, we don't know how far Olympic would go all the way, potentially. Absolutely. And I will say, you saw just how big of an absence Alex Smith was in that grand final as well, where you needed someone maybe with his guile. And I'm not saying Olympic are necessarily a totally finesse team, but boy, they play with some 
like top style when they're really going. And they didn't have that sort of guy like Alex Smith who, you know, to his credit, played most of the season with a torn ACL apparently, and then re- like completely uh, wrecked it in the semi-final just to get to the grand final. But they missed that sort of guile to really get them through and break down a compact defence. Yeah, Smith really helped straighten them up the last couple of years. When he joined midway through the 2018 season, it really did help them. Look, they have brought some players in up front. They've got Daniel Leck in, formerly of the Raw. I think he was at Pasco Valley in Victoria. Put him on the right wing, not yeah, at right and back. And they've got a guy from East who scored plenty of goals for him in the preseason, Oled Yinka Kahinda. So can maybe keep an eye on him. He might be the replacement. I'm already pra- practicing the pronunciation of that. Hopefully you do it better than I just did. But he's scored a lot of goals in preseason. He might be the man to play through the middle. Lofthouse on the left and Leck on the right. That's that's a really good front three there to me. I think they've covered that quite well. And they've strengthened the back line with Tom Olsen coming back from from South Melbourne in Victoria. He was at oh, Brisbane City a couple of years ago. Really good young defender. He's now got the MPL Victoria experience. I think he could come in and help add another option to the back there as well because I did look a little light on at times in that area. And also and also Titan, Tyson Martin uh, from... The and Lachlan Hunter. Yeah, and L- Lachlan Hunter, the uh, goalkeeper. They've actually got a couple of goalkeepers because Nick Mooney's also back. So I don't know how that's going to play out who's going to be their number th- one because they're all three yeah. and if, uh, I'm not sure if Brandon Kumanal is back or not but that's three pretty decent go- goalkeepers so I think uh, they might have some uh, selection headaches definitely alright um, I think that's going to be it for this group of teams we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and get on to the next group starting with some interviews and we'll be back after this You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review we'll be back after this All right, we're pleased to be joined on the Brisbane Football Review NPL season preview by Strikers Club captain Jake McLean. Jake, welcome. Thanks for having me, mate. My pleasure. That's all right. So uh, it's been a long, hot pre-season for you guys. How are you feeling with the start of the season coming up? Yeah, looking forward to it. You know, the boys um, are ready to go. It's been a long, long pre-season. Everyone's fit and firing. And, yeah, we just can't wait for that uh, round one fixture against Coldplay. It's going to come about. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you had a pretty uh, spectacular end to last season, reaching the FFA Cup semi-final and finishing fifth in NPL. How are you guys looking to build on that this year? Um, yeah, the cut run was amazing. and um, It sort of, you know, helped, helped get over the disappointment of coming fifth in the league. And um, I guess, yeah, we just want to have another good cut run this year and hopefully finish higher in the league. And obviously, everyone's goal is to win it. And we want to win it and we expect to be right up there. So, um yeah, that's, that's definitely our, our main goal, is winning the league and getting in the round of 32 in the Cup. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you know, Andy Pengelly last year stole a lot of the headlines, but it seems like you guys still have a pretty solid squad to rely on and offset his departure. Yeah, definitely. He was um, obviously a loss losing Andy. He's a quality player and a good lad, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll do well over in Singapore, but um, we've still got a top top squad and we've got Ollie Smith in now up front who, who's definitely a um, good player and looking forward to playing with him and hopefully um, we can get him as many goals as possible and maybe he'll be the next one to move on. Well, hopefully uh, not before the end of the season for you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. we'll move on until the end of course. Um, but yeah, no, we need we needed a good uh, number nine to replace Andy who's a big loss and Ollie, Ollie Smith's going to come in and yeah, I definitely think he's, he's good enough and he's going to Bang a few goals in in the league and in the cup, so um, obviously it's a loss, but I don't see it making too much of a difference with, with the players we still have and um, the style of football we're still playing, so hopefully yeah, Ollie's going to fit right in and we'll just pick up where we left off at the end of last year. 
Yeah, and your coach, Owen Baker, is he looking to change anything around this season or trying to stick with what worked in the Cup last year? Oh, no, you've always got to have multiple options. It's never, you don't want to be a one-dimensional team because then obviously teams can plan for you and try to find your weak points and do what they can to exploit it. So, um, obviously, we, we, we're going to keep the same effort, the same uh, momentum going into this year. Um, a few maybe tactical differences um, depending on, on the team you know it's never sort of always going to be the same um, but yeah we're, we're going to keep the same intensity and the same mindset and yeah just try to build on last year Well you've got as you mentioned uh, you've got Gold Coast first up obviously an early uh, measuring stick for you guys how important is it to try and get a bit of confidence in that first game? Yeah you know, we've, we've historically had pretty poor running in round one and we definitely want to change that. Something we're looking to build on, and um, in terms of like the grand scheme of things, it's obviously quite. It's not that significant in the first game. It's the same as every other every other three points. But just the sort of idea of getting that momentum rolling against obviously one of one of the best teams in the league. Um, yeah, it'd be a big big thing for us to get that win. Yeah, hopefully we can get it done. And having the grand final at Perry Park last year, is there a little bit of motivation for you guys saying, well? If we do well, we might get a home grand final there this year, seeing just how good it was uh, in 2019. Yeah, of course. Obviously, it doesn't like no matter where you play if you're in a grand final. It's a, it's a good experience, you know. Like winning the league's always always means a bit more than the grand final for myself and you know, most of the boys um, who follow the Premier League and whatnot. But yeah, it'd be amazing if we could get in the grand final at Perry Park. But just to just to be in it um, would be a great achievement. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I've just got a couple of questions that we're trying to finish off all the clubs with. Um, so, first of all, who from your club uh, that maybe we're not too familiar with that we should be on the lookout for this season? Yeah, I think we've got a lot of players that um, are sort of unsung and they go, go unnoticed. Um, I think Ken, Ken McDermott, um, obviously you're only, you're only 18, uh, I think, no, 19, and um, he'd be what, the best six in the league, if not one of the best, and I think he's criminally underrated for his age Just looking around the league, which uh, player are you personally looking forward to getting to go up against? Um, um, well, well, probably most... I don't know, I'm trying to think now. From, just from uh, a, uh, maybe a challenge point of view or just someone that you've enjoyed playing against in the past? Yeah, I love playing against, um, you know, players that I've got, like, like teams of 19. Uh, I've got a few, a few mates in that team and it's always fun going up against those lads, but in, in terms of competition, you know, playing Knights, um, with like Mitch Nichols and whatnot in midfield, it's always a good challenge. Um, Lions have, you know, Sean Carlos and Danny Kim, they're good players, and it's good to play against them lads as well. Um, but yeah, this, obviously every team has different challenges, and yeah, they're, they're the big players that sort of come to mind. 
Definitely. All right, well, uh, we'll let you off with the final question here. The story of Brisbane Strikers' season will be? Winning the league and another dazzling FFA Cup run. Well, I love the optimism, Jake. Uh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys in action this season. Thank you, mate. Have a good one. You too. Michael Fuela, Gold Coast United. Michael, thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, firstly, how was the off-season? Last season started pretty well for you before finishing in seventh. How would you assess your, the f- season last year? Yeah, exactly right. Like, um, we started so well. Uh, we had a good core, uh, very, very um, experienced bunch of uh, players. But then, yeah, midway through the season, we, we lost a few to injury and also uh, a couple left. And it kind of yeah, left a few holes in the team. And um, Yeah, but we've kind of re- regrouped well. Um, after a disappointing end to, to the season, so um, and, it, and I think it happens, you know, when you when you're not making the top four, a lot of the teams just drop drop um, their standards, and I think that's what happened to us. Uh, personally, for yourself, you enjoy being a leader in the Gold Coast United side. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, most clubs I've played at, I've been in that type of type of role, and and naturally, when you're, you're 36 and. Uh, our average age is about 20, so you find yourself being yes. uh, a bit of a father figure, put it that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I love mentoring the kids, and uh, that's what the club's about, you know, nurturing uh, young players, you know, from, from the academy level right through. Now, you've got some good academy players. We joined this season by one of your former Gold Coast and A-League teammates, and I'm Shane Smeltz. It would be good to have him around the club? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was a bit of a shock at, at first uh, when he told me that he was moving back to the Gold Coast, and... Um, yeah, we've just brought back so many great memories of, of when we played together um, here in 2009 uh, when, when, when the club um, existed in the A-League. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be very dangerous in the league. You know, putting him around the 18-yard box, um, he's, he's going to score goals, that's for sure. Oh, he hasn't played in a couple of years. Is he looking sharp in the preseason? Yeah, I mean, he's only trained with us um, about a week because, uh, yeah, he's just had to move his whole family uh, back to his house. You mentioned him doing some coaching down at Sydney FC in the academy. Is that going to be part of his role at Gold Coast United as well, to help coach up some of the younger players in the side? But you mentioned you've got plenty of good young players down there. Yeah, I mean, that's what, it's easy for me to kind of to, to do a lot of the defensive stuff. And then obviously um, Christian and, and, and Matty Osmond doing, doing such a great job um, as coaches and young coaches as well. And I think it'd be a no-brainer for us just to, just to allow him to attacking players, you know, um, he's an art, um, and, and he knows how to score goals, you know, the, the record speaks for itself, so, um, yeah, I think in that sense, you know, just working with the players, the attacking players, and um, for now, but, um, yeah, he's got, he's 
got some great experience at Sydney FC um, in the coaching staff, so he knows what that top level is about. He'll be joining the front third for you by another by another new addition. I'm Sam Smith from Gold Coast Knights. What's he going to add to the side? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's a strange one because he wasn't really playing as a as a number nine for the Knights, and um, actually as a centre back, you know, playing against him and when he was out wide, I was actually um, thanking my lucky stars because um, you know I, I remember when he was when when I was coming to train with Gorko City back in the day, and you know just between A League seasons, and I remember just marking him, and and he just got such a such a big presence up front in the in the centre of the um, strike for so I think um, yeah that's that's probably more where he's suited and, and he feels more comfortable so he, he's definitely going to um, give us real quality up front um, this year along with uh, Brown Rees and, and Snelty as well Coming across from Gold Coast do you think that's going to add a bit more spice to a derby which already had a fair bit of spice last year? Ah oh, for sure and it's, you know we don't have to wait long we've got a picture uh, round two and both games, you know, we didn't have the best weather around the games, but we still got a few thousand people, and and, and it's probably you know the the game that we all um, are looking forward to, and and it just reminds you of, of the A League derbies and, and also my derbies you know over in Asia and, and Europe. Um, it's just got that different feel, and you can see it means a lot to the crowd and the you know the supporters and sponsors and um, in, within both clubs. So I think it. I think it's great for the city and, uh, you know, just to see the young talent and, and obviously a few experienced heads, you know, with Matty Smith and Mitch Nichols um, and then obviously with Justin McCoy and, and Sammy and Snowsy, it's going to be, uh, it'll, it'll definitely be very balanced. It was definitely a great game when I was down there for the first one last year, and you don't you don't have to wait long for one this year. It could be your start's a tough one though. You've got away to Olympic, then Gold Coast Derby in round two. Is that a bit of a tougher start than you would have liked? Now we're going to finish off with a couple of quick questions of asking most people. Um, the team to, team to watch in the league this year, apart from yourselves, in your opinion, Michael, who would you say is one to keep an eye on? Who would you say one player to keep an eye on from Gold Coast Note squad is for people who aren't quite familiar with your side? Uh, I think Sian has a lot to, to show because he 
had such a great first half season, but then he got injured, and I think that was a big um, downfall for us. You know, when we missed him because he's such a creative player, someone that can rest and get your rest defence sorted. Uh, you know, he likes to dribble, likes free kicks, set pieces. Um, he loves his assists, so um, and he's got a bit of a character, you know. So bit of bit of Uruguayan flair, but I think uh, yeah, he's got a lot. He's got a big season because there were definitely I know there were definitely a couple of um, A League clubs looking at him last year, but because of his injuries, his timing wasn't right. Yeah, you're right. It was definitely fantastic for you in the first half of last season. Final question, Michael. What would be the expectations for Gold Coast United this year? Is it to push to the top four, consolidate? What's the expectations? Uh, look, I don't, you know, look, for me personally, I don't go you know, into any season without trying to win it. Like, I think that's, um, yeah, I can't see anything past winning it. Obviously, the season happens and then, you know, you've got teams always aiming for that top four. But, um, yeah, like, I always go into season, I'm sure, you know, the older boys would say the same. I, I go to win things. That's, you know, um, that, that's my attitude. Um, and that's something that I'll be trying to drive. Is, um, but it takes a lot, you know. There's a lot of statistics that... The goals you're conceding, the, the goals you're scoring, uh, you know, home and away fixtures, travel. Uh, there's a lot of elements, you know. So, uh, But, yeah, I, I go into every season aiming to win it. So, uh, yeah, it's just trying to calculate how many points you need and um, it becomes very statistical. Absolutely. Now, th- All right, Michael, thanks for joining me for the season. This is for the this chat. Good luck for the season. My pleasure. Any time. Yeah, any time you need to chat, uh, give us a call. Will do. <laughs> All right, back to the studio here in the Brisbane Football Review, NPL 2020 season preview for Queensland. It's James Scott and Adam here with you this morning, this afternoon, tonight. Not sure when you're listening to it. It's a long podcast. It could be all three times of day. We're just going to have to wait and see. All right, so just heard from a few clubs there. We're going to move on to the next batch based on their 2019 finishing position. And we're going to start off with Brisbane Strikers, who had a fantastic FFA Cup run all the way to the semi-final where they lost to Melbourne City. But Owen Baker's got a pretty good side uh, once again this year. He does. The real question is, can that side convert their form in one-off FA Cup ties to a 28-game league season? Because if if they can do that, they can absolutely be one of the sides who could push that top four from last season and maybe take a spot off somebody. But they're going to have to be more consistent, and they're also going to have to replace Andy Pengeli, which is a... Very difficult job. I think he scored what, 48 goals in the league last year, somewhere around Something that ridiculous like that. It was that. over 40. So how they replace that is really going to determine whether or not they can do so. They brought in Oliver Smith from Edgeworth. He scored 14 goals from last year in the Northern New South Wales Premier League. So that's a reasonable pedigree for somebody. As so well he as might be the man to do player, it. Uh, Emmy Martinez. Absolutely. He was rehabbing with Noosa. So two good additions to their squad. But the one thing as well, like uh, after that Melbourne City game, all we heard about from. Um, Owen Baker was now we've got to turn this into league form yeah look and their league form was actually very good the back end season it was just at the start of the season where they were you know they were really struggling there was a lot of concerns so look in the I guess when you have such a dominant top four if you're outside that top four uh, you dropping games early to teams that you probably shouldn't and dropping points is you, you're basically you know you're chasing playing catch up the whole way. But yeah, look, I, for mine, um, I don't know how you replace 48 goals. Um, look, yeah, of, yeah, of it of, can't be one guy, can it? It's going to have to be multiple players stepping up. Oliver Smith, um, look, he look he he may be the the answer. Uh, who, who knows? Um, but but yeah, look, but I think also as well, I think it's going to be a big season for um, obviously Jake McLean. I think. Uh, Emmy Martinez, I think, will be, you know, if he shows anything like he did, you know, for, for the Raw, 
uh, in his in his brief you know, MPL career there. I think he, I think he'll be, he'll be handy. But yeah, I think look, they could be a dark horse. They could be they could be anything. Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily ability that uh, meant that Martinez didn't quite break through at the Raw. Obviously, he had that knee injury and. We're just going to have to wait and see how that translates into NPL form. Absolutely. I don't know how he did up there in Noosa, but he seems to be back fit and healthy. And if he is, he's a terrific young midfield player. I think he was, at one point, an under-17 international. I might be wrong on that. He, but be, I think he was, he was highly rated search. when he arrived to the Raw. So he was, he's was he got tremendous ability. If he can bring that to the field for the strikers at Parc de Perry, they might be able to replace some of the goals that they're missing with Pengeli. There yeah. it is. First time of the season, the Parc de Perry. That's right. And I think... Uh, You'll my... hear that a lot of times the next... <laughs> next year or so. I Definitely. should have trademarked it. Yeah, we'll uh, try and get there a few times this year as well. I wouldn't mind getting down to a few games there. Uh, we're going to move on to the other Brisbane club and the best pizza in all of NPL, Brisbane City. Uh, Coach Nick Green, notable ins. You've got uh, Chris Parsons, Sam Sibatara, uh, Stephen Snaith and Shannon Brady. So yes. they've kind of loaded up on the attack there, haven't they? They have. Well, I can tell you about Stephen Snaith because I, re- I found him last week. He's a 25-year-old midfielder playing for Guisbra. So, and they've been described as a tireless midfield, so probably more of a box-to-box type of player. Came through the Hartlepool youth team, so he's got some decent football league experience, at least at the younger level. I think that they have added some really good players to this. So I think Shannon Brady with add him to the Fechner brothers and John Carlos Salorzno. That's a really pacey front three with a good finisher in Salorzno. If they, if they can create the chances, they can they can absolutely score goals because they've got some good young players there and Salorzno's experience is key. And also, I will say... Um I'm just going to borrow this line from Simon Smell. Salors and I was fit last year, and I would not be surprised if he comes out again in similar shape. Well, he, he probably he probably was the one player still standing after the Royal Legends game on, on uh, Saturday afternoon. But yeah, look, I think the big inclusion for them is um, is Sam Sibatawara. He's the, the captain last season. He went he went away uh, midway through, and he, he's back. Um, and look, I think I think he I think they. The great thing with City, I think, you know, is that not only they got you know, players coming back, their youngsters, yeah. you know, at the moment, like the under twenties, under 18s are probably the best in, you know, in the competition. Um, there's kids like Alex Simmons, who is highly regarded. He will play some part uh, as well, and also um, not to mention as well, Chris Parsons comes across from Ipswich tonight, and he'll be the he'll be the number one keeper with Jake Clancy moving on. Did you mention it's a big year for Jez Loftus? It's time for him to to live up to his expectations. Exactly. Same for Alex Fechner. He's been really good for the last couple of years. He, if he can go to the next level again, he can help move Brisbane City further up the table because his potential is enormous as a young player. He's been, he's got experience now in the MPL. He's up. He knows the level. He's ready to go. I think it could be a big season for him. Definitely. And also, uh, just one final thought on Sam Sibatara. Uh, I believe he is one of only two current NPL players to swear on our show. If we get a chance, <laughs> yes. so if we get a chance to talk to him uh, again, either. Uh, you know, early on or later on in the season, it might be worth mentioning that to him. The other one, of course, Cameron Crestani, after the Western Pride Grand Final win. Absolutely, we don't, we don't mind a bit of profanity on our show. Just keep it a little bit minimal, not too much. Yeah, not qu- not quite as much as uh, guest Angela, who is currently in Japan. <laughs> but anyway, yes, and we should also mention if you do get out to Corporate Travel Management Stadium, I think it's still called that. It is. Uh, yeah, try the pizza. Good. It's very good, isn't it? Mm. Definitely. All right, on to Gold Coast United. Uh, Christian Reese uh, still in charge there, finishing seventh place last year. Notable ins. Sam Smith uh, making for a very, very good Gold Coast derby. I've said that before, and I will say it again. Uh, you've also got Shane Smeltz coming in, Sydney FC Academy coach. 
I'm sure he'll be uh, coming into this competition to make plenty of friends. Yeah, I think the real that's a big question. Right? What is Shane Smoltz going to bring to the Gold Coast United side? Because he has not played since Borneo FC in Indonesia in 2017. So he's been out of football in terms of playing for a while. We know he's got talent. We know he's, what he can do in terms of his, his experience. His now, so I think he'll be able to score the goals. This is how much... How many games can he give them? How many minutes can he give them in terms of being able to be on the field? And if they don't, you're you're right. But Sam Smith is a terrific acquisition for Gold Coast, from Gold Coast Knights. And he captained that grand final winning side, so he's a great addition in that in that front of for United. I think he's going to be really good. They've got Brandon Reeves back, who scored a bunch of goals for them last year. That front that front third for them is loaded, and even if Sam Shane Smeltz cannot bring too much, they've got plenty of options anyway. I think they might be the side if anyone's going to break into the top four. It might be Gold Coast United. I think uh, Shane Smells might have been signed more for his off-field contributions, actually, because just looking at this, he did come from Sydney FC as the academy coach, and Gold Coast United do take a lot of pride in their academy. Uh, They've got some great young players, absolutely. Oh, so that might be a big I was going to say academy productions, but They've that seems kind of, of weird. Internationals are uh, already in their in their um, midst down there, at Gold Coast Academy. So I think that might be a, the filler as well. He might be a bit, a bit like uh, Matt Smith is for Gold Coast. Um, Gold Coast Knights, where he's there to work with the youngsters. But I think also, uh, just on uh, Gold Coast United, I think uh, Cyan Cuba, who was was, a fantastic player before he went down with injury midway through last season, if he gets anywhere near his back, that just makes them even more dangerous. And I'll tell you what, the Gold Coast derbies, um, I think they will be must-see TV, either on on the stream or in person. Two really close draws last year. I can't see any different this this year as well. I think they're going to be two of the games of the season to keep no, an eye on. No one owns the, the uh, Coast Cup outright yet. We'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Alright, moving on. Brisbane Raw Youth, uh, last season finished in eighth, and I think it's going to be a very similar story for every other season that we seem to see with the Raw Youth. It's get as many points early as they can, and then try and build that, and try and parlay that into safety, and then just see how they go once the side starts to prepare for the A-League preseason. That's always been the mantra. I think this young Raw side's got a bit more about it in terms of being able to cover the back end of the season because I don't think the, the players they brought in will be going on break in July when the A-League squad does. I think you mentioned Keegan Yelichich earlier, James. He probably will play all season. Kai Tepaldo from Gold Coast Knights, Eli Adams, Marquez Walters, and Jackson Simkin. Those Three of those played at the Under-20 World Cup late last year. So that's three... They've obviously got experience internationally. I think all those will play all season long. And if they do, that they could... They could absolutely move up tables. Well, I think they've got more about them this year in terms of what they're going to be pl- playing in the back end of the season than they have in the past. So I, I can see, provided those players produce what we saw them produce last year in the NPL, I could see them having a good season again. Look, I, I think, you know, Brisbane Royal Youth, I think they could be, they could be anything. I think as far as, you know, if, if, if those young players actually step up to the potential we saw, and even if they recapture some of their form in the National Youth League before it sort of went a bit, you know, <laughs> went, a, went a bit south but uh, yeah look I think there's certainly capabilities uh, it, again we've got also always put a disclaimer on the raw that you know performance always trumps results yeah, absolutely. and I think I think yeah sometimes yeah you, you don't you don't know what you're going to get especially especially against you know you know a lot you know, better opposition but look the players are there on paper certainly and they've got and they've certainly got some you know, good young players coming through their under 20s as well so who they made they made the semi-finals last last year so look I think they're, they're going to be in there I just don't think they've got the capabilities to match up with the top sides and they do probably have that idea of yeah these guys are well, we might be starting to see some of their academy products coming through that's what I was trying to say yeah. well Harry Tabble will be the first one I think he 
play. He made his NPL debut in the 2018 season as a 16-year-old, and he's now 17, 18. He's a player who's come through that academy, to your point, James, and he could be a big player as well in that midfield for them. I think they've got good options in the squad. I think they might be just a little bit too young to push the finals, though. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I just don't think they're having that consistency to yeah. really be there. I think they could wind up being on the end of a couple of like bad yeah. scorelines, but I can also see them handing out a couple as well. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. You just you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, yeah, I just think yeah against against the the big four, I think they don't they don't match up very well. Um, and it's always chalk bit less. And some of these other sides around them and below them, um, historically, definitely, I think they're going to take a lot of points from them. Definitely, I think they can match the top four sides, but they've got to have their they're fringe A-League players like your Macklin, Franks, your Kai, Truant, etc. in the side mm. for a bit more experience to be able to match up with the top four. When those players drop out, you're right, they they do tend to struggle against the best sides. Yeah, definitely. All right, now, I'm actually going to call a little bit of an audible because we're doing all right for time here. We're going to touch on Easts uh, right now and then go into my interview with Danny Wright, who was kind enough to join me on the phone just before we actually recorded this episode. So, um, just quickly touch on East. Coach, obviously, Danny Wright. They finished ninth in their debut season in the NPL uh, after getting promoted from the FQPL. Um, They've got a couple of notable ins. They do. Abraham Yango is in. They've got back Yoel Scholl. So, they've got some some ins in the front third, which is going to be important because they obviously lost their best player last year, 23 goals, Jordan Farina. We talked about how the strikers placed Pengeli. Well, East are going to have to find a way to replace Jordan Farina because he was by far their best player last year. And they've got some players who could do it, but it's up to them whether they can. I think Yango played over in France briefly last year before after he left East, so he's back. But can he deliver what Jordan Farina did? He might be able to. He's, we, know, we saw him at the, the Raw a couple of years ago. He made an A-League debut, so he's got the pedigree. He it's just whether does. he can actually put the end product together. Yeah, look, uh, Abraham Yango's begin, but I think also as well looking from within. I think uh, Tom Sparksman, if he can, if he can come back, you know, after he, he scored a few goals at the back end of last season when he was given a chance out of the twenties, he scored goals for fun in the under twenties, and he was pretty much a one-man band down there. So if his um, if his development continues into a you know, into a senior player, look, I think he might be worthwhile, but. To, to be one to watch but yeah I think East might be again I think they're probably about mid-level I think they're still developing so a lot of experience but I think when it comes down to it they probably don't have enough guns to match yeah. with the big clubs so they might not like, but that might be what we're kind of seeing with some other clubs as well they might have to win games you know 2-1 instead of you know 4-1 but Absolutely, I, that, I do think yeah. they've got the ability to do that I think they could do it I mean we saw last year where they did start really well in the first half of the year they came up from the FQP it was always a bit of a surprise to them come up and do so well initially. And then they did tail off towards the back end of the season, but they'd already done enough to secure safety. And to Adam's point, they did bring up a lot of young players from the under-20s. And they did reasonably well, to be fair, most of them. So I do think that East, uh, I think they're going to be competitive this year, that's for sure. Definitely. And I think we could wind up seeing them finish higher than ninth. All right. Now, now we're going to go into the interview with Danny Wright, and then we'll be back after that to talk about some more teams. This is Brisbane Football Review NPL Season Preview. All right, we're pleased to be joined by East coach Danny Wright on the Brisbane Football Review NPL Season Preview. Thank you very much for joining us. No problem. All right, so you guys had a pretty successful season last year after getting promoted. You finished ninth and were just three points behind sixth place. How do you balance looking to avoid that second season letdown and wanting to be pushing for a higher finish on the ladder? Yeah, um, well, I suppose it was a successful year, our first year back in NPL, but... Uh, to be honest, it's a little bit disappointing the way we finished the season. So we had a fantastic start, but um, it just faded away a little bit in the end. 
Have you approached preseason any differently this year with that fade out in mind? Um, yes and no. I think uh, we definitely take some learnings from last year. Um, it was our first year in the competition. Um, getting to know the competition, getting to know the other teams, um, you know, the, the competition structure, timing of games, that type of thing, uh, depth in our squad. So there's a number of things that we really need to learn from and make improvements in our. Uh, in our whole well, because it was quite a long season as well last year. This time around, only two rounds shorter. So, how are you going to try and balance the need for keeping your squad fresh and still trying to put out the strongest eleven every week? Mm. Um, well, that's the answer. So, unless we can, uh, you know, continue to have, have some good fortune with respect to injuries. Um, you know, we have to basically manage with what, with what we got. Beeson uh, Suburb is a, really the development club. Um, it's got a strong junior base now. We, we've been looking to you know, create opportunities for our young players to be promoted into our first team. Uh, we're looking to you know, become a, a club of, with that type of reputation where we can attract um, you know, good 17, 18, 19-year-olds to make that step into NPL. I think that's the answer. We don't have the budget necessarily to... So just to keep a, a squad of 20 NPL players, we, you know, we, we have a, a limited resource available in our player budget. So I think I think forced our hand a little bit, and, and it's probably a good thing. It's, it's the competition such that um, you know there's no prize money. Um, we are you know, virtually community clubs, so um, if that you know creates an atmosphere, creates an environment within the club where we can promote from within, um, I think that's probably a good thing. Well, two additions uh, we've seen announced so far are Kim and Tuyashime. What can we expect from those two? So, I, I didn't quite hear that question. Are you talking about our new import player? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, um, you know, he's a really good technical player, as you'd expect from Korea. Um, very cool on the ball, uh, real competitor. Uh, you know, we've had, we've had some, uh, uh, you know, gaps that we needed to fill in our squad. Um, and he certainly filled that gap and um, we're looking forward to seeing um, him in action and, and learning a bit more English and get a bit of uh, understanding and communication with the rest of the team. Now, you mentioned that uh, obviously you guys are a community club. You've got a pretty nice home ground there at uh, Heath Park. How important is it to pick up as many points as you can there? Look, I, I think it's, I think it's um, traditionally, you know, when you look at uh, the home advantage, you want to take advantage of it. Um, but you know, it, it, these days, um, being such a, a, a good field and a, a central location, I think people, I think it's um, everyone's home away from home. <laughs> they love coming to play at East and uh, such a good environment there and uh, the field's always in good nick. So um, we'd love to think that we had more advantage than what we do and um, we encourage all our, all our supporters to come along and support us because, um, you know, it does make a difference on uh, match day. Yeah, definitely, and I commentated a couple of MPLW games there last year, and that's got to be one of the most scenic spots I think I've uh, called a game from. <laughs> Lovely city view, yeah, that's right. Definitely. All right, so this season you're starting off with a trip to Capalabar. How have you been able to study them as a promoted side with only a few changes announced so far? Oh, look, I, I, I do feel that team well prepared for MPL. Uh, I think what you know might lack in experience and. Um, you know, uh, uh, ten- technical, necessarily technical kind of um, uh, reputation. He'll make up for that with um, typical bulldog um, approach to their, 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 which is their club emblem, of course, and, and that's what that's what they'll take into the games. 
you know, high-level fitness, high-level energy and um, that, that comp- competitive willingness to win. So we, we, we're under no illusion about um, uh, Kapawa and their, and their um, ability to cause a few upsets this year. Yeah, that's right. And uh, obviously you did lose Jordan Farina in the off-season. How are you looking at replacing him? Yeah, so Jordan um, moved on to Lions, which is um, you know, a great move for, for Jordy. Um, he, he's, he's been at the club for a couple of seasons now, quite a few years, and it was a good time for him to move on and, and take himself a, a bigger club. Um, and you know, we, we wish him all the well. And certainly um, uh, you know, when, when one door closes, another one opens for, for other players. So um, your shoulder has come back from, to the club from Olympics. So I think it's a bit of a... Um, Well, you say you wish uh, Jordy well. I'm guessing that probably doesn't count for the two times that he's going to be playing you this season. Definitely. All right, so I've uh, just got a few qu- uh, boilerplate questions to end off the interview with. What's the game that uh, you're most looking forward to being involved in this season? Um, I think um, I, I, I always like playing against good technical sides so, um, and, and being challenged. So um, I think um, against any of the top top four sides from last year, um, throwing the mix, um, the spirit and strike, is what, you know, they play a really good, a good style of football. So, yeah, I, lo- I love the challenge. Um, Definitely. All right. Uh, so, for people who might not be t- overly familiar with Easts, uh, which player from your club should be most excited to see this season? Yeah. Look, I think you should really keep an eye keep an eye on um, Abraham Younger. He's um, he's uh, an ex war player, um, and he was with that club last year and, and um, had a, a stint over in France, and he's back now and he's fit and he's got a fantastic attitude. He's so fast and dynamic and. Um, uh, he's really starting to fulfil his potential, so um, definitely keep an eye out for him. Definitely, we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, which player and which team around the NPL, not from East, are you most looking forward to seeing this season? Um, uh, I'd like to see how Smelt goes. You know, Doc Snyder, I, I believe he's come back and um, he's, uh, he's, a, he's, he's always a competitor and a, a real, um, a real uh, player when we used to watch the uh, A-League, everyone loved to hate, so... Uh, hopefully he'll take that same <laughs> approach into the NPL and add some a uh, little bit of uh, flavour to the um, to the mix, you know, of, of uh, the opposition team. So I hope he does well back, back in the ring. My experience is um, that uh, you know it is a tough competition and you know have to have a certain level of fitness. Um, so similar to what we saw with Mitch Nichols, he really knuckled down and uh, became fit. And um, then he had, he had he was a fantastic performer for uh, God, that's nice. So, Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, final question. Uh, finish the sentence. The story of your 2020 season will be...
no regrets. Well, certainly, uh, certainly hope so. Danny, thank you very much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Best of luck this season. You too, mate. Thanks for the call. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Okay, back to the studio on the Brisbane Football Review. NPL Queensland 2020 season special. I have completely lost track of how I'm introducing this show, but either way, it's James Scott and Adam here with you as we're building up towards what should be a fantastic season of Southeast Queensland football. As you just heard from a few of the clubs there, we're going to continue on now with our uh, team previews and move on to Moreton Bay United. Coach Royce Brownlee replacing Puranabi. Tenth uh, place finish, so it's a bit of a downward season for them, Adam. Your local club. Yeah, look, um, the last the traditional sort of you know, it been in the hunt, but I think last year was sort of a step backwards for them. Obviously, um, a lot of players sort of moving on and whatnot. And I, I think uh, just judging by sort of their movements so far, uh, they'll, they'll be they'll be good attacking wise. I think Cardiff Lockner coming in from Mitchelton, Matt Heath from Peninsula Power and Olympic before that, and also as well, I think Declan Smith as well. I think will be in for a big season, and uh, he. He actually featured for the MPL Select for against uh, the Rural Legends on Saturday, and look, I think Dan Stephen Green also comes in, former um, former uh, United player, Morton Bay United player who followed Royce Brownlee down to Logan and's back as well. But where where the worries for Morton Bay is is in defence. I think they're going to be very very thin. Alex Janowski, I believe, is back again. I haven't heard otherwise. So like I said midfield attacking wise, I think they're pretty good. Defensively, I don't think much has changed um, as far as from last season. That was their big problem was defence. Um, they just leaked way too many goals. Firstly, it's great to see Rolls-Royce back at the club where he won the championship a couple of years ago. And he brought attacking football to Logan Lightning. So that might be a bit of a mindset change because obviously Puri Nabi was defensive-minded first. We called them the Great Wall of Brendale earlier uh, last year, I beg your pardon. So they, while the defence hasn't changed, they were pretty solid in terms of consistency who was back there. I think Declan Smith's going to have to have a big year because the rest of the front line, Matt Heath's a decent player, Carter Glockle's a decent player, but neither of them are the sort of player you look at and think, yeah, they're going to get 15 goals. So I think that's going to have to be Declan Smith. If he can do that, they can move up the table. Otherwise, goals might be at a premium for Morton Bay this year. And I think if goals are at a premium, that's the sort of uh, stuff that is the makings of a relegation battle for Morton Bay. Yeah, look, and also as well, another key includes them is uh, their sister clubs, uh, former captain um, Sean Lewis who should improve that defence he should yeah but again um, it's a long way from BPL up to MPL so look again look a very very good club man and look he he will do his best but yeah I think that's where they may be just lacking quality in parts but you know I think I think they'll be right I think relegation might be an issue for a little while but I think that they should be okay don't think I was Declan Smith is probably fortunate to have Royce Brownley as a coach, a terrific striker, played in the A-League, did really well in the MPL as a goal scorer. As, if you want to have a coach, you want as a striker, you want an attack-minded coach. I think he might be able to really help get the best out of Declan Smith. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out for Morton Bay, but we're going to move on to another club who, well, they struggled defensively over the last few years, but it always makes some fantastically entertaining games, even if the field is kind of freezing from about mid-March. Redlands United. <laughs> yeah, it's always cold down at Redlands, but the front third is really, really hot because you can't, I, think, I haven't heard otherwise. Kato Aochi, I think, is back. Shuto Kubiyama is back, I believe. And they have added Rory Smith, a 21-year-old from Ramsgate 
FC in the Eastman League over there in England. A young player who I, I've heard scored a much, much celebrated goal in the, in a cup competition as his final goal back in November before he came out here. So he's another addition to that front third. We know they've got a lot of good young players there at Redlands that they like to bring through. The front third is looking really strong. You're right, the back line, I don't know how much stronger it is this year. Graham Ross has tried to strengthen it. He's brought in some players from Western Pride and South West Queensland Thunder, but again, one of those Kimber Kibombo, he's an attacking player. So mm. Max I'm looking da- forward to seeing him this Max year. Davis in the pre- Premiership ring goalkeeper for Western Pride is there. That might help them, but the actual defence, I think it could be depends on what you like we talk about with the Royal Youth you don't know what you're going to get they might produce a good performance they might not but the re- going forward they're going to score a bag load of goals look I'm actually going to put out a prediction now that I reckon Max Davison will easily be the busiest goalkeeper in the league going uh, out on a limb that, there really but, but with that said he's one of the better goalkeepers in the league so that that could that could um, bounce it out um, certainly yeah I think again a bit like what I was saying about Morton Bay I think Redlands their defence is what will make or really break them because I think they haven't really strengthened up in that in that department. So, so yeah. Look um, again, if they get a roll, you're gonna, you might see a lot of uh, five four games at the Compass Grounds. Certainly worth uh, making the trip out there at least once this year, if not more. I suggest doing that early if you're going to go because it does get very cold down there or, or with the wind coming the, in off the bay, especially with a lot of Friday year. night uh, games there as well. Yeah, they're not the most fun games. Those Friday night games down there. I'm looking forward to it. I'll have to try and get out to one or two this year. But as you suggested, Adam, I will remember to rug up. A place where we probably won't have to rug up anywhere near as much is Mackay, home of Mackay and Sundays, Magpies, Crusaders, United FC. That's probably the only time I'm going to say the full uh, club name because even on their Twitter bio it says just call us Magpies, Crusaders. Yeah, that's the only, I'm not going to refer to that as all year. I do think Hello, Vince Regari, by the way. I, absolutely, but I do think it's the... You're not going to worry about jumpers, that's for sure, and it's one ground that I think everybody wants to go to. It's that... For the clubs down in South East Queensland, it's the, it's the road trip game that you all look forward to, and... I think that might be indicative of why goal, why a Magpies is so struggle at home, but it's only had two wins at home last year, which that really should be a big home ground advantage for them, being able to play up there regularly. The team's flying in on the day of the game, normally early in the morning, but it seems to me that when the clubs go up there, they get they get good results. Now, it's a new coach this year from South Australia, two good strikers brought in from that league. Dylan D'Agostino scored 13 goals last year. Craig Shearer scored 16 goals, so they brought in a couple of really good strikers in that front though to replace Michael Lyle, who's leaving. And they brought in Jordi Vogels at the back, who I think Adam wants to talk about, a vastly experienced player from the Netherlands, despite being only 24. Well, he's actually from Belgium. Beg- sorry, playing in the, <laughs> started off playing in the Netherlands at Willem Twee. Yes, so that's yeah. why he's just about to go to Europe, so he's got to make sure he's got all of his uh, geography Absolutely, right. no, I beg your pardon, he is Belgian, you're right. Yeah, no, um, look, that, that's the big X factor, is if uh, Jordi Vogels, I think it's how you pronounce it, I'm sure we'll get up, we'll go across it over the season. Look, if he if he goes anywhere near what his pedigree suggests, look, he he may improve uh, Magpies Crusaders considerably. And if they can produce a performance like they did when they derailed um, Olympics uh, hopes, you know, last season, they're there again. I think for them, um, home field, they get their home field advantage right. That's going that's going to be survival for them. They, they, you you can't expect them to keep on coming down southeast Queensland and trying to manufacture vaults to survive. And then I think hey, that's the key. If they if they don't get their home form right, I think this may be the last time we see them in MPL. They did it well last year. Travelled away from home. We were there at East. They yeah. put in a really really composed performance in a game they had to win. But I, yeah, I just think for them it's going to be very very difficult to see how they 
improve at home because teams love going up there. That's the problem. So do the fans from those teams. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, it's the, I think every the draw came out today as we we're recording this. I think every every player who plays for those clubs and the fans are looking at when do we get to go up to Mackay Escape, the relatively cool winter in, in southeast Queensland, go up to the tropical north for a bit and enjoy a couple of days. I think that's something they all look forward to. And a few of these players might be putting in uh, for a few days leave after the game up there. Sorry, the point I was trying to make, which I forgot, they have lost a fair few players who were part of their FFA Cup run as well. So players from that region, it's not just Michael Lyle, there's three or four others who played in those games who are no, not playing for them this year. So that might offset the additions that they have made. But I think as well, at least it's it's proof that at least they're trying up there. Now, yeah. to bring uh, Geordie Vlugels through, um, obviously Tom Ballantyne, the coach, and as well Dylan D'Agostino and Craig Shearer from South Australia. So obviously they're trying... They're obviously trying to, you know, to keep, you know, NPL football up in that yeah. part of the world. Uh, whether it works out, look, we'll see. Because the, 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 um, the easy option would have been just go and pick a bunch of... Um, about the youth players and sort of you know local players from the Mackay leagues and try and match up. So the fact that they brought in players yeah. specifically for the MPL at least shows a sign of intent. Again, we, we don't know if it'll work out, but you know at least good on for at least trying. They can have found a couple of nuggets of gold up there in that region because mm. Kyron Walters is one to watch that time. Yeah. Really good young striker. Played well last year. I think he might be the third prong of that attacking third this year again. They right there is good young talent up there and he's definitely one to watch. The Michael Lyle will be missed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I saw them play against Sunshine Coast last year and Lyle was involved in everything so someone's going to have to basically take over that focal point I role. think as Scott said I think Kyron Walters will be the one I think Craig Shrew will be the focal point with the other two playing off him but I think Kyron Walters is going to have a big season and also we should say also um, the coach Tom Ballantyne replacing Henry Cannell who was one of the best people to talk to in the entire competition as well I could have sat down and chat with, chatted with him for an hour he was a great interview. I spoke to him over at Eastern Suburbs late last season. You're right, he was a terrific man. and It's a bit of a shame not to see him back, but Tom Ballantyne will do a good job up there, I'm sure. Yeah, no no bar to clear for uh, when we talk to you there, Mr. Ballantyne, <laughs> but we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. But yes, lots to look forward to with Magpies. I think for them, first and foremost, they just have to survive. I think for them, I, I don't see them being able to manage in FQPL. I think for them, it is just imperative that they survive. And let's be honest, like, it's, it is a league that is so heavily based in southeast Queensland. They really do need to keep that uh, central Queensland region going. And also as well, they, they will have the distraction of, of FFA Cup and also will be interesting what they value more, that, that FFA Cup run, which they got to the last 16 last year, or you know, whether it is survival in the NPL. And look, I think both are mutually exclusive, uh, inclusive. I think they, they, they're both important. So that, that's, that's going to be sort of an interesting challenge of trying to balance that. But yeah, look, I agree. Um, having Mackay, uh, sorry, having Magpies Crusaders in the, um, in the NPL, I think that's, that's a big thing for the league. I think everyone around the A-League and beyond might be hoping that Magpies Crusaders do make the FFA Cup round 32 and that they might happen to draw them up in Mackay, because I think that's a trip that everyone wanted last year, and the team <laughs> yeah. from the second best climate, Coomber Colts, got to go up there. So, I think people, I think there's a few people down in the southern states who were a bit disappointed at that, and they might hope that it happens this year for them. But I do think Magpies have a good chance to get through in the cup, obviously, and that may very well become the focus for them, depending on how their league form goes. Definitely. All right, um, that's going to be it for this segment. We're going to take a quick break and come back with the two promoted sides discussions uh, to talk about Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Capal Bar FC right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. 
All right, we're on to Capalbar in the Brisbane Football Review NPL season preview. We're pleased to be joined by Coach David Booth. David, welcome. G'day, how are you? Thanks for having me. That's right. So, you guys uh, got promoted out of FQPL last season. How hard was it to try and earn that spot in NPL for this season? Yeah, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't easy. Um, you know, where we'd come from, uh, just a quick backstory. Um, we were on the bottom of the ladder a couple of years ago, missed out on the QPL decision, uh, got into the QPL and virtually had an under-20s team um, with a couple of overage players, which got us to about mid-table. Um, a fair bit of recruiting went on at the end of that season uh, into last year. And then, you know, it was a collective, you know, there was 20 of us, including staff, that got us to the promotion point. So it was hard and it was, a, it was an excellent year. And I remember you guys had quite a few uh, exciting games, lots of goals. We're we looking forward to a few more goals in NPL this season with you guys? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, working really hard on it and, uh, you know, trying to get the boys into that final third and then just get them as dangerous as possible. But uh, still lots of work to, to be done. Um, you know, we're under no illusion the NPL's a pretty tough gig at the moment and I think it's finally balanced itself out uh, and it's got some strong teams all the way through. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, we saw one of those strong teams in Pen Power last year have a fantastic campaign after promotion. Have you been studying them and also East, who also managed to have quite a good season? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, um, I think Power went the full season in the QPL and didn't lose a game, and then half of the NPL season, so they deserve to be there in the first place. East were always a very strong team and a very strong club, and they still will be. Uh, you know, keeping the players a uh, fit is one of them, having good depth in your, in your squad and, and making sure that you know, the plan's pretty clear to everybody. Uh, it will probably put us in good stead if we can get all that. Uh, and, and, you know, at the moment we've got a, a bit of a buzz around the club and around the team and everyone's willing to have a go. And obviously that uh, success across the club also extends to the MPLW squad. Should probably mention their success as well. Yeah, I thought they were fantastic last year and Dan Baker did a great job with them and now um, Hanno's come on board. He's doing a, an equally good job with them and they had a game here last night and they looked very sharp. Excellent. And uh, back to you guys. You've obviously recruited Alex Warrillow from uh, Penn Powell. What are you expecting him to bring to your squad this season? Goals, hopefully. Um, <laughs> he is a, an ex Calabar boy, um, you know, before my time here. And, you know, I spoke with him in the year and he, he, he's fitted in, you know, really well with us. And um, we were even sitting here watching a video this afternoon. He's, he's sort of asking how he can improve his game and how he can help the team. So, yeah, look, I'm hoping he gets around the 18-yard box and does what he does best. Definitely. And uh, you got East first up as well. I'm curious, with these NPL grounds, what makes John Fredericks Park unique? I don't know. For some reason, a lot of play, a lot of clubs don't like playing here. They think it's very hard to play here, and um, whether it's been, you know, field conditions or crowds in the past, I don't really see um, what the what the issue is. You know, everyone comes here, and I think they lift personally. Uh, we had a couple of games last year we were expected to win, and teams just lifted and, and done a job on us. But um, the, the grounds people have put a, a lot of work into the field uh, this year and tried to get it to MPL standard and so we can get the ball on the ground and play some football. But, um, look, if they're intimidated about coming here, good, stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> Home field advantage is always uh, quite useful, I suppose. Yeah, of course, yeah. Look, you know, when we do get a crowd down, I think the Logan game, we had over a 1,000 people here. It was the biggest event of the club's, um, you know, history and we're hoping we can repeat that with a few games this year. And also, just personally, one of the more scenic commentary spots that I've had uh, working for FQ as well. Yeah, there's a bit of bushland around and um, just get a few mozzies down here at night time. But other than that, uh, it's a good place, mate. It's a good club, good people. And, you know, we're looking forward to having a go this year. Definitely. All right, so we'll go for a few general questions about the competition this season. Uh, first of all, which is the biggest game that you're going to have at uh, Capalabar this year? Um, I think, to be honest, I think the first one will be a huge game because... Um, 
you know, it's it's the Salvation Shield. Uh, it's something where the, the two clubs got together and helped each other out, uh, helped out East in the floods. And there's a really good relationship between these two clubs. And it's just because we missed out on it last year because of their promotion, it's back on again. Um, no doubt uh, Gold Coast Knights here will be a huge game as well because they're, they're the benchmark and they're the, they're the highest standard at the moment. So I'm um, looking forward to both of those games. All right, and uh, for people who might not be too familiar with Capella Bar, who's the one player in your squad we should be really on the lookout for when we watch them play? <laughs> if you can play favourites, that is. Yeah. Um, there's probably not one player, to be honest. It's, they're such a group together, it's really hard to, to pull anyone out of, the, um, out of the mix. You know, everyone on their day can, can be as good as anyone in any other team, and um, hopefully that I'm not relying on one player to do the job. Well, you did have a few guys in that uh, NPL Select team that played the Raw Legends in that curtain raiser a couple of weeks ago as well. So some of those guys maybe? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Look, you know, that was a good bit of recognition for them and for the club. Um, I'm sure there was a few players that weren't available in the other groups that were asked, but, uh, you know, no one's ever going to pass up that opportunity and the boys were buzzing because of that. And, yeah, absolutely see them lift in training because of that as well. Definitely. All right, so around, back to around the competition. Which is the team and which is a player you're most looking forward to seeing as an opposing coach? And I realise that might sound like a bit of a loaded question, but uh, from a skills perspective, who are you most looking forward to coaching against? Um... Knights, uh, you know, Gray does a great job with Knights and, you know, they've got s- such a, a, a strong group of, you know, they've got XA league players in there. Matt Smith, for me, you know, we played a friendly against him here and, you know, the, the bloke's a machine. Uh, he's physically fit, he's experienced and, you know, to try and get someone past him is not an easy job. So, yeah, we'll be looking at that one very closely. Um, you know, and you've got the likes of Mitch Nichols in there. I don't know who else they've got at the moment, but they just keep popping up. Um, Jason McQuarrie is now gone there, so. Um, but also Lions, don't forget Lions there. You know they've got you know the Hoare brothers and um, who else is up there? Jordan Farina now and yeah, look, you, you couldn't put your finger on one person or one player or one team, but um, we're gonna we're gonna be pre- prepare for every team that we play against and hopefully we'll stop them doing what they need to do. Definitely. All right, last question. Then I'll let you get back to your film study. Uh, the story of Capalabar's season will be. Um. Good question. I think <laughs> the story of Capalabar's season will be a reward for what we've done for the last five years. I've been here four years. This is my fifth year coming. Um, you know, we had plans, and everyone has plans, a five-year plan. Um, you know, we probably earned a little bit of respect last year getting promoted, uh, but respect will come with how we deal with this year, I think. Definitely. Well, you know, it's good to see that you're able to see your five-year plan out, and we're certainly looking forward to seeing you this season. So best of luck, and thank you very much for your time today. Good stuff. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, it's time for the promoted uh, team discussion here on the Brisbane Football Review, NPL Queensland 2020 season preview. All saving my best pronunciation to last there. And we're going to start off with Sunshine Coast Wanderers, promoted from FQPL in first place. They did lose the FQPL Grand Final to Rochdale. Uh, Coach Paul Arneson um, did lose uh, Lachlan Strogers to Morton Bay United, but they've been able to bring in Jai Oaks from Raw Youth and Oliver Duncan from Brisbane City, a player that's gotten a couple of mentions already in the history of this show from one Scott. Uh, don't throw me under the bus <laughs> that again. But I didn't say how you mentioned okay, him. I do, look, he's a really good young player, and I think he'll help them up there at Sunshine Coast Wanderers. They were the standout team last year in the FQP. I think much like Peninsula Power of the year before, at the halfway mark of the year, it was a pretty much a foregone conclusion that they they would get promoted to the NPL Queens, and they had a, a bad night, shall we say, down at Rochdale Rose in the semi-finals, which meant they didn't do the double, but they're a really good side. They've got some great experience. Michael Angus is up there, amongst others. Look, Players play for the Brisbane Strikers, actually. So when the Strikers play 
Sunshine Coast, that could be a bit of an intriguing fixture, but they've got plenty of experience, and I think they're going to do really well. I don't think they're going to struggle to stay up in the NPL this year. I think they'll be fine. Definitely, and I think it is going to be a bit of a shock for some of these sides having to go up to the Sunshine Coast and not expecting to just boost their goal difference. Look, I think Sunday, Sunday afternoon football on uh, over at Budrum, uh, I think it's, it's going to be a very, very interesting experience for a lot of these sides. I think the ends go beyond that. You know, Ezekiel Hawkins uh, from Brisbane Royal Youth as well joined Joy Oaks. Um, and a couple of uh, Sunshine Coast Fire players that, that jumped that jumped across and Tyler Morse and Harrison Bowen who were both... Look, they were, they were you know, pretty good players for for Sunny Coast Fire last season. So they they, re, they retain their spot in, uh, in the MPL. And so, but yeah, but I think, uh, yeah, Ollie Duncan's probably the, the, the standout signing for for uh, such home coast uh, wanderers and look I, I look I think they will they'll do well I think um, I think they will be sort of you know be battling away but I think they just should be okay I think they've got a good good enough squad yeah. Sam Knight's another one from that's what I was thinking of yeah you know, it's well. Reese Meredith there as well isn't he Reese Meredith yes I do believe yeah I think he's up there as well yeah and I think he um, like I said Sam Knight comes back from a serious knee injury so hopefully you know he yeah. sort of continues on but he, he was a very very good player from QPL before he went down absolutely Yep, definitely. All right, so that's Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Now we're going to move over to Capalabar, the team just about 10 minutes up the road from uh, where we're recording right now. Now, they're sticking with um, very much the status quo there with uh, David Booth getting side promoted from FQPL. They did uh, lose to Rochdale as well in the finals last year. They have been able to add Alex Warrelow, though, from Penn Power. Yeah, they're a very stable side. That they've, they're backing in what they did last year, which was... It was com- it was competitive and it was really good going forward. Rio Ono was the player to watch. So he also played in that Raw Legends versus MPL yeah. Select game. He's a he was the X Factor player for them. I think he was in the team of the year for FQPL if I'm memory yeah. serves correctly. So he's he's definitely the one to watch for them. And he's if he's going to have to be the X Factor player in the front third for them to be able to progress through. I think the defensive midfield is solid. There's some players who've played MPL in the past there and. With Capalaba, for me, I'm just really looking forward to playing them when they play Redlands United in that Bayside derby. Redlands Derby, whatever you want to call it. It's great to have an additional derby in the league. We had the Gold Coast Derby last year, which was really good. The Morton Bay Derby between the Jets and Peninsula was... It was one-sided, but it could get more competitive. But, oh, yeah. well, Peninsula was near the top table and, Mag- and Morton Bay towards the bottom. But the, the games were competitive. That's the thing. And I think this new derby between Capalabar and Redlands could be the same again. I think I think it's a great addition for the league to have. I think locals in that in that area. I think there might be there might be a um, a bit of uh, rivalry. On oh that. yeah. I think uh, yeah, especially sort of at the junior level and sort of you know the sort of shenanigans have gone on over the years of you know you know clubs pinching their best juniors and whatnot. So I think it's been, it's been a long time since they've had that these two have met in the league. Uh, so look, it's again I agree another derby, um, another rivalry. That's that can only be a good thing for the league. But I think yeah. But as far as their performances go, I think uh, yeah. I, I think it might be one and out for them. I just, I just don't. I just yeah. don't see them um, in a very stacked competition. I just don't see that they, they may be the one unfortunately that you know will drop out. But look, it's not going to be for lack of trying. And I think they'll have their moments. I think they got, yeah. I think they're going to probably be one of the better teams to watch on uh, Football Queensland streams. But you're right. I I just don't necessarily know if. The sum of their parts is necessarily going to be good enough. They to get need them another there. game record, and they Warrell is a good addition, but is he going to play on the right, right back, or is he going to play right wing? He's played both again for Redlands, so there's another connection between the two clubs. Yep. I do swap players a bit, but I just think maybe they did need an additional, maybe just a few more goals up front. They might be able to get it throughout the course of the season. We know that there's plenty of transfers in the NPL yeah. throughout the season, so 
maybe they can add that play, but for now, I do th- I do think they might struggle. But we can we can only base on what we see absolutely on this day at the moment. Look, if they add a couple more players, they'll certainly change things. It is January twenty one. We should point out as we're recording this. Why don't we move on to our season predictions now for the NPL ladder? Um, I should actually clarify as well, just while we're clearing things up. Uh, we will do some uh, FQPL and NPLW previews a little bit closer to the season starting. We're obviously yeah. still away away from those. So this is why we're focusing primarily on NPL, also because it gets underway pretty soon. Yeah, there's a three, two or three week gap, isn't it, between the start of the NPL men's and the start of the L2 competition. So yeah, we'll definitely get to the NPLW and FQPL at a later date. Definitely. All right. So you guys have your predictions ready because I'm just finishing okay. writing mine down. So, Scott, we're going to get you to go first. Okay, my table? Yes. Okay, so I do have... We just talked about the Capal, but I have them in 14th. I have Magpies 13th, Morton Bay 12th, Redlands 11th, East 10th, Sunshine Coast 1th. I think they're going to be a bit of a surprise package in 9th. Brisbane City 8th, Raw Youth 7, Strikers 6th. I said Gold Coast United could push for top 4, and I think they'll finish 5th with with Olympic 4th, Peninsula 3rd, Lions 2nd, and Gold Coast Knights picking up the Premier's plate this year. Okay, Adam? Yeah, so my predictions are, are as follows. So in 14th, I've got Kapalabar, and 13th, uh, Redland United. So the Bayside teams will probably be both going down in another derby in the FQPL next season, unfortunately. Uh, in 12th, Morton Bay United. 11th, Magpies Crusaders. 10, uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. 9, Eastern Suburbs. And then 8th, Brisbane Royal Youth. 7, Brisbane City. 6, Brisbane Strikers. 5, Gold Coast United. And then the boring top four of... Uh, of uh, Olympic finishing fourth, Pinchel Power third, Gold Coast Knights in second, and Lions FC to win the Premiership for the third straight season. I'd hardly call that top four boring. Oh, I, but no, <laughs> but I mean predictability. Yeah. And by the way, did you just pick the two baseline clubs to finish last second last because they're the least convenient for you to travel to? No, I'd, go, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd have Gold Coast United being relegated if that was the case. Okay. And I think they could finish fifth. So. I'm Great minds. Okay, I've just uh, double-checked my list and made sure that I haven't uh, missed anyone or doubled up my predictions, and I think I've got it right. Uh, So, in 14th, I've got Redlands. 13th, Morton Bay United. I think those two are going down. Um, 12th, I've got Kapalabar just surviving. 11th, I've got the Raw Youth, because I think that you're going to see quite a few of their players uh, training with the first-team squad come uh, June, July, as their preseason begins. 10th, I've got Magpies. I think we're going to see an uptick in their home form, and maybe sitting just, you know, a little bit comfortably out of the relegation zone. Ninth, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Eighth, Brisbane City. Seventh, I've got Easts. Sixth, Brisbane Strikers. I just don't see them having the goals necessarily to replace Andy Pingelli. Fifth, I've got Lions. Ooh. I'm going to email that through to Lions and someone won't be allowed on the deck this year. (laughs) Oh, that's comforting. Yeah, the main reason why I've got Lions just missing out is because I do think losing Warren Moon is going to probably come back together. In in all seriousness, that's fair call. Yeah. Um, Fourth place, I've got Olympic. Third place, Gold Coast United. Second, Gold Coast Knights. And first, Penn Power, who are going to win the Premiership on goal difference. Wow. That's and a very specific prediction, that. I'm going to get even more specific. Okay. Well, who's going to score the goal that makes it for them? Oh, I hadn't, hadn't thought that far ahead. <laughs> well, I'll, okay. go, I'll go Mardley, because <laughs> okay. I see him here and there around the traps. So we'll Why not? And he's a lot bigger than me. <laughs> now, I'm actually going to go one step further. My finals. I've got Olympic to beat Penn Power in the, in the first semi-final. So fourth place Olympic make the grand final. And I've also got Gold Coast Knights picking up their first NPL win over Gold Coast United. So 
backing two draws uh, during the regular season, and then Olympic knock off Gold Coast Knights in a rematch of the grand final. This is very crystal ball from you here. I know. I'm either going to look like an absolute genius or a complete moron. Oh, look, it's uh, it's it's certainly yeah, ballsy predict, but yeah, no, look. I'm going to go one step further because, well, I can. I think Ben Khan is going to be announced as a having a professional club uh, coaching gig around about mid-August, and that's going to sp- spur Olympic onto a championship run. Okay, if do you want do you want us to go through our finals and predictions as well for the fun of it? Go yeah. for it. I've already put myself way okay. out of it. All right. So I've got obviously Gold Coast Knights for the Olympic in the semi-finals. I think Olympic will win that game. I think they will play Lions in the grand final, and I think I'm with you. I think they will get the job done. They. I genuinely believe that they want to get over the line here. I think that they've been so close so often that they will be desperate to get the job done. And I think they've got enough quality to do it. Adam? Look, I actually think... Uh, you haven't thought much about this, I have you? To be fair, neither have I. I just made it up. Look, uh, I, well, the way my t- lab plays out, Lions v Olympic will be in one so far. I think Lions win that. Uh, I'm not convinced about Olympic. It, it is their time, but I think they're going to fall just short again. Um, and the other one... Potential power to beat Gold Coast Knights at the Croatia Centre, or uh, that's what I'm assuming where that same final will be. Uh, and you know, I actually think potential power might actually go through and beat Lions in the grand final because they've had a habit of doing that over the years. All right, there so that's, we go. Like, so that's, uh, that's, all to, that's all subject to change when we do our finals preview in yeah. about six months' time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I definitely won't be bringing this up, uh, mostly because I'll probably forget where I've got this uh, file saved by that stage anyway. Particularly okay. anyway. given, given how specific you've been, you either want to play that whole thing back or burn it. Yeah, <laughs> although to be fair, if I've got it right, I may not need to record this show ever again. <laughs> anyway... I think that's going to be it for this NPL season preview. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Scott. Good to see you, James. Adam, looking forward to the season getting underway. Yes, definitely. Big thanks to all the clubs with uh, with their help putting this together. We really appreciate the time from all the the relevant parties as well. We couldn't have done it without you. And uh, looking forward to what should be a fantastic season of football coming up ahead. We we probably should also thank Football Queensland as well for putting this on. And we should thank Football Queensland as well because whole lot of games are going to be streamed on Football Queensland as well. So, And if you can get out to a game, get out to a game, because it, not just is the quality is good, there's good food as you mentioned at some of the grounds, and also it's just a great atmosphere at all these grounds as well. If you're a football fan yeah, in this, get out in to this some part, of the games. Yep, get out there. Like I said, it, it's great. Even if you don't follow one of these clubs, it's great, it's great to follow as a neutral anyway. It's a terrific competition. Yes, chances are there will be a club local to you somewhere around here. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks everyone for listening. Been a pleasure to bring this to you. Here's to a great season. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back later.